Welcome to the radio program, Why Paul? Bringing and interpreting the doctrine Jesus Christ presented through the Apostle Paul. Your hosts are Michael R. Mix, Michelle Mix, David Reed, and Pamela Lampton of 14th Street Ministries. We are here to bring you the answers found in 2 Timothy 2.15 and encourage you to teach and share this program with others. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Mix, Michelle Mix, David Reed, and Pamela Lampton. And welcome back. It's hard to believe already tomorrow is December. Um, I'm your host, Michelle Mix. I'm your host, uh, Michael Mix. And I'm your host, Danielle Law. And uh, today, so we are continuing in our with our definition of gospel terms. Uh, but as always, we will start with opening with prayer. Uh, Michael, can you open us right. with prayer? Father, we thank you for the many blessings you sent our way. We, we uh, thank you for the grace that you have given us in times of our troubles and hard uh, stress. Uh, your grace is sufficient. Thank you for the peace that you give us. And uh, we ask that you open the hearts of uh, listeners that are not uh, saved. And uh, give them the uh, uh, understanding to that they need to have a Savior. We thank you for your word and thank you for allowing us to teach your word uh, to the believers and that they will want to, uh, and that it will encourage them to study your word, rightly dividing it. We come to you, Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 And uh, so we're continuing. Um, uh, actually, we're pretty much ending this week. Uh, with our definitions in scripture. Uh, so what we're going to do, let's start with um, reviewing what those definitions are that we have been going over uh, and a quick summary of what that definition is. Uh, so our first one is righteousness. It's God's standard of perfection, which you find that in Deuteronomy 32.4. Okay. So righteousness is God's standard of perfection. Our number two one is imputation. Imputation is God's righteousness credited to one's account. Okay. Justification. Justification means to reckon or to declare one righteous. Grace. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. We don't deserve it, but that's Mm -hmm. a favor of God. Redemption is freedom by payment of a price. Christ paid a price, and he redeemed us out of the slave market. Propitiation. Propitiation means satisfaction or to satisfy. Faith. Faith. Faith is taking God at his word and leaving the consequences to rest upon his faithfulness. We're not relying on our faith. We're relying on his faithfulness and what his word says. Okay. Remission. Remission remission basically means forgiveness. To send away, to loose, or to release. Forbearance. Forbearance is uh, patiently waiting for the payment of a debt. And tonight we're going to talk about reconciliation. Reconciliation is means to restore to friendship or fellowship. 
And finally, the last one we will talk about tonight is sanctification. And sanctification means to separate, to set apart as holy unto God. Okay. All right. So so that's what we're going to do is uh, jump into our last two definitions. Um, So tonight we're going to start with definition number 10, which is reconciliation. Well, before you uh, start that, is uh, uh-huh. Lillian is Lillian on tonight? Uh, well, Lillian I haven't. Romine? Yeah, I haven't seen her yet, but that doesn't mean she's not there listening. Okay, I'd like to read her a verse when she comes on. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, so, do you want to do that now, or uh, Danielle and I can watch for when she does? Just watch um, when she post comes on, and, and uh, to make sure she's here. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. All right. Um, So we're going to start with definition number 10, uh, reconciliation. So reconciliation, um, as you have already described, means to restore to friendship and fellowship. Uh, Romans 5.10 says, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And also through Romans 3, 21 through 28, if you turn there, uh, it says, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus now that, Christ. Now, that, that's by faith, not our faith. It's by his faith. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. By, which so, is by faith of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm, by his faith. Okay. Faith Unto- by his faithfulness, actually. Okay. Sorry to break it up. <laughs> oh, no problem. <laughs> Go ahead. Unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him, which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then it is excluded by what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. And that's faith and faith alone, not works and faith, but works or faith and faith alone by believing. Apart from the words used in Romans 3, 21 through 28, clarifying the gospel message for today is another word used in Romans 5, 10, reconciled. This is actually the theme of God's message to man today. Mankind, because of his sin and rebellion against God, has been cut off from any relationship with God. This is what we mean when we say man is a poor loser, a poor lost sinner. He's a loser also. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, He was more than that. As a result of man's rebellion against God, he has become an enemy of God. 
if if you're an unsaved person, you are an enemy of God. That's mm-hmm. what the Word of God says. Mm-hmm. Okay. Obviously, for man to have God as his enemy is a lost cause for man. Since God is holy and just and righteous, the fault of this breakdown in the relationship was on man's part. So God does not need to be reconciled. Man does. But what can men do? He is incapable. Um, he is incapable of righting his wrong. He is in need of a mediator. And God in his grace has provided one. The God man who is the Lord Jesus Christ, his death, which was for the complete payment of our sins, is the basis for our reconciliation back to God. Romans 5.10 says, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Yeah, when you come, when you come to God, you come as you are. You don't work to be good, to be saved. You come as you are because Mm -hmm. he's already reconciled you. He's already covered your sins. You just need to accept him by faith. As the Bible unfolds the wonderful message of reconciliation, the problem is traced all the way back to the first man, Adam. By his disobedience, all mankind became sinners. Romans 5 12 through 19. On the other hand, by the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ, the provision has been made for all mankind to be made righteous. And in Romans 5.12, and then also 5.19, wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And then 19 says, for as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. And remember, we, we don't become sinners because we've sinned. We sin because we're sinners. That's the, uh, that's the nature. We're sinners. And then because we're sinners, we sin. When we speak of the work of reconciliation in behalf of all of mankind, we are speaking of something unique to this present age. In the book of Genesis, from chapter 1 to 11, nations were formed. These are the Gentiles. As a whole, the Gentiles turned from God in rebellion, and God cut them off from himself. From Genesis 12, all the way through the balance of the Old Testament and into the New Testament until midway through the book of Acts, God had created and chose to deal with only one nation, Israel. During this time, the Gentiles were God's enemy. In Ephesians, uh, we can read that in Ephesians 2, 11 through 12. Mm-hmm. I'll read that. Okay. Um, wherefore, remember that ye being in times past, in time past, Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, 
having no hope and without God in the world. Now, that's a, a bad position to be in. Mm-hmm. You're in the world without God, no hope. Yeah. No, no hope of eternal life. But by the mercies of, of God, he sent Christ to the cross for us. Israel was his people, but they too rebelled against God when they failed to receive all that God promised them through the prophets. When this happened, God did something no prophet ever predicted. God cut off Israel for a time from being his people in Romans eleven twenty-eight through 32, reveals God's purpose in this. In writing to the Gentiles, Paul says, uh, I'll go ahead and read that. Okay. Um, Romans eleven twenty-eight through 32. Mm-hmm. Okay. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the father's sakes for the gifts and calling of God are without repentance for as ye in times past have not believed God yet have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. Even so have these also now not believed that through your mercy, they also may obtain mercy. For God hath concluded that all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. Yeah, it's been 2,000 years. We wonder why Christ hadn't returned to us. 2,000 because of his mercy. Mm -hmm. Okay. With both Gentiles and Israel cut off from God as enemies, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ became the means to reconcile both unto God in one body, the body of Christ. In this present age, in Ephesians, if you go to Ephesians 2, 14 through 16. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 2, 14 through 16 says, For he is our peace who hath, hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of twine one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. Now, the Jew, Jew was God's people, and today in this age of grace, the Jew has to come in to salvation the same way the Gentiles. We don't go to the Jews to get salvation. The Jews come in the same as the Gentiles, and they and they both have to come in by faith into this new one new man. And to refresh uh, with uh, people just joining, um, saying hi to Lords and also Gay Lisa. Hello. Hello. She says, good evening, family. Mm -hmm. Um, We're we're working, talking about our definition of reconciliation. Uh, That's the the definition we're working on now. And so in Corinthians 5, 18 through 21 says, and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, 
and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's seed, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, God cleared the way for us as Gentiles and Jews to have no excuse why we uh, can't accept him. It's, it's free. It's a free gift. And he opened a way for us to come in. He wants us to come in. Mm-hmm. According to Second uh, Corinthians 5, 18 through 21, Jesus Christ has accomplished reconciliation in behalf of everyone. And everyone means all, means everybody. Mm-hmm. God is not holding anyone's sin against them today. And if anyone will receive this reconciliation by faith in Jesus Christ, they shall be reconciled unto God in a permanent way. God will never condemn a believer for his sins because as, as in Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians five twenty one says, um, uh, I'll read that after our break. Okay. Yeah. Um, yep. And uh, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, um, yep, Danielle, we'll start with you with that Corinthians if you have that open. Yep. Second Corinthians um, five twenty one. Yes, and um, and we're saying hi to Cynthia Lords and Gay Lisa, and thanks for joining us. And we will be right back after this break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. 14th Street Ministries is a listener-supported ministry. Your donations are most appreciated. You can make donations on our website at 14thstreetministries.com. Our goal is to preach the gospel to a lost and dying world. Our message is to lift the believer, teaching sound doctrine by rightly dividing the word of truth. We are a grace ministry. You can reach out to us by calling 314-243-3779 or by contacting us on the web at 14thstreetministries.com or follow our Facebook page. Look for 14th Street Online Bible Study. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are listening to the radio program Why Paul? If you'd like to participate in today's program, call in to 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Or send an email to Michael R. Mix at 14th Street Ministries.com. Now back to Why Paul. Hi. And welcome back. I'm your host, Michelle Mix. I'm your host, Michael Mix. And I'm your host, Danielle Law. 
And as we come back, um, you had earlier mentioned, uh, Michael, you mentioned that um, you had something to say for Lily and one of our listeners through our Facebook Live. Now, she might not um, be able to be on today, but I know she replays it later in the week. You can call me dad if you want. Dad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, Lillian had a tragic thing happen uh, to a friend that was killed or whatever. And and I'd like to say to Lillian that uh, God says his grace is sufficient and that he will give you peace. And if and I don't know where her friend stands as far as salvation, but if if she does, her friend is in her future. She hasn't gone away. Her friend's in the future. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to read uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Asleep means that they have died. That ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, then also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of our Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangels, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And I I think that's um, helpful, especially to a lot of our listeners. We have some listeners today that uh, recently, um, along with Lillian, who has went through um, losing, you know, family members, um, very close family members. Um, and so those are, those are something good. A uh, few weeks ago, we had a question come in while we were doing the program, uh, even regarding the suicide, um, you know, and knowing, you know, are we going to see our, our loved ones again? So I think those are good verses to remember that, you know, we do have a future that we're going to see them again. That's why it's good to be, be a good ambassador and get the word out. If if we if we have friends and stuff that are lost, we need with love and with with grace, uh, give them the uh, the uh, gospel, and don't try to push it down their throat or whatever. But in a loving manner, showing how that they can have eternal life, and um, so it's very important that we give the word out because we're talking about eternity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, if they, they've, you know, known Christ, we're going to see them again. Right. They're in our future. Yeah. And and that's forever. Mm -hmm. And forever is how long? Uh, Eternity. (laughs) Yes. Forever. Yes. Yeah. And I think uh, just another thing that comes up to mind is, you know, thinking, um, well, let's say that our family member or someone who just passed away, you know, maybe they weren't, um, you know, 
being ambassadors for Christ or, or they weren't living how we think they should live, but we know that they accepted God's grace at some point in their life. God saved them from that moment for their, for their past, their future um, sins. So they were forgiven but and if, we're going to see them again. That's, that's if they believe that, believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God mm-hmm. and they believe that Jesus Christ died for their sins shed his blood, he was buried and rose again, if they believe that in their hearts, uh, the, the word of God says they become a new creation in mm-hmm. God or in Christ. Yeah. And uh, we don't, we don't, we live, we were saved by grace and we live by grace. And, and our, our salvation and our continued salvation has nothing to do uh, with our works. Right. It's it's Christ's faithfulness. He said that if you believe and have faith, you become a new creation. So all you can do is go by the word of God. Mm-hmm. And only God knows and that person knows whether they have salvation. Yeah. And then that gives us hope, the ones who are left here, um, you know, that we know we'll see them again. Yeah, that's right. Yep. All okay. right. All right. Thanks for sharing that uh, for Lillian and anyone else um, who's going through, you know, a hard time uh, losing family members. Um, and so we were talking, we're defining uh, reconciliation and we were, um, could you remind us what Second Corinthians 5.21 says? Let, let me so, read the first. According to Second Corinthians 5.18 through 21, Jesus Christ has accomplished reconciliation in behalf of everyone. God is not holding anyone's sin against them today. And if anyone will receive this reconciliation by faith in Jesus Christ, they shall be reconciled unto God in a permanent way. God will never condemn a believer for his sins because. And and as in 2 Corinthians 5.21. Go ahead. Daniel. So 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. As God's ambassadors and pleading with you in Christ's behalf, the Apostle Paul urges, urges, be reconciled to God. God is waiting for your response. Will you, by faith, believe and receive what Jesus Christ has done for you? Or will you continue in rebellion? So it's your choice. You have a choice. Mm-hmm. You want eternal life? You want to receive this free gift? Or do you want to continue in rebellion, which sends you to the lake of fire? And eternal damnation or eternal, dam- or eternal life? You pick. Mm-hmm. In Ephesians um, 2, 8, and 9, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. It don't say anything about works. It says faith. Mm -hmm. And and not of works, at least any man should boast. So nobody can boast about it. Mm -hmm. It's Christ and what he did. In Romans 3.27, where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. 
So now that um, I know and believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again for me, how does that make me different? Well, I guess we can read on to uh, sanctification. Yep. And our next, uh, that brings us to our last definition, which is sanctification. Okay. Sanctification means to separate, to set apart as holy unto God. In 1 Corinthians 1.30, But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That's all, everything's right there in that one sentence. Mm -hmm. So the term sanctification is a term that designates ownership. A person, place, or thing is separated from its prior owner and becomes the possession of its new owner. Also, in the process of transferring the ownership, there is cleansing. Since a new owner is God, the person, place, or things must be consecrated or made holy. So the Bible speaks of the sanctification of persons, places, days, seasons, objects, the firstborn of Israel, the Levites, the priest, the altar, uh, the offerings, the Sabbath, and so on. All of these were set apart unto God. They were his. So the emphasis of this definition is, is not the Old Testament sanctification of things, but the New Testament sanctification of the believer. The moment a person puts his trust in the finished work, Jesus, our Christ, he is satisfied. The cross is the means of cleansing and purifying the believer from his sins, and by he is sanctified. So we notice in the following verses that the believer has already been sanctified, like Hebrews 10.10 10 says, uh, by, by the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Mm -hmm. After listening a sampling of the sins that keep people from inheriting the kingdom of God, 1 Corinthians 6.11 says, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Believers are cleansed from their sins and have been set apart unto God. We are his, this is called, Positional sanctification. I stand in Christ complete. Yeah, when we're, um, when you're talking about sanctification, uh, when we're saved, positionally, God sees us as sanctified. As we walk through this life, we have a progressive sanctification. And then when the rapture comes, then we, we are fully sanctified. Now, because the believer belongs to God, God instructs the believers to live a life of separation. We are to live a pure life because we are saved. Not in order to get saved. Remember, we live a pure life because we are saved, not to get saved. Mm -hmm. This is called practical sanctification, the state of condition of my uh, Christian wall. In um, 1 Corinthians 6.11, and such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, 
but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And just a moment, if we go back to what you were just talking about, how the believer belongs to God, God instructs the believer to live um, a life of separation. So we are to live a pure life because we are saved, not in order to get saved. So we're not living that to do the works, definitely, so we can't boast. Um, And so it isn't, but we're not doing it because... We have to do those works to be saved. Yeah, we're doing it out of gratitude. Mm-hmm. We we do this pro- program out of gratitude. We don't get paid for this, mm-hmm. but we do it out of gratitude because what he's done for his grace covers so much. And this eternal gift that he has given us. And because of that, uh, our love for him and his, his love for us, and we see his love for us. And because of his love for us, we love him. And we do these works as all ambassadors are, should be doing. And uh, uh, we do it out of gratitude, not because we're going to receive something or, or maintain our salvation. So. Yeah. It's something that, um, you know, like I heard on Sunday, um, pastor said, you know, we're, we're doing it not because of works that were saved, that we're doing it, that we're, you know, worshiping, we're praising, we're um, being ambassadors. We're doing it because it becomes our passion because of that free gift that we got. So yeah, we're passionate. We want to give it to others. We want others. We can't give it, but we want to share it with others so that they can choose to have that gift. Yeah, so they can receive it, so mm-hmm. they understand it. So, Okay. 2 Corinthians 7, 1, having therefore this promise, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. It's not like we're all we're scared to death. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's we, we fear his authority and uh, respect him mm-hmm. and his word and who he is. To us, okay. Mm-hmm. The believer should never forget that God saved him for His own glory and for His own purpose, and that we are saved unto good works. Uh, like in Timothy two nineteen through twenty one, uh, that would help make that clear. It says, "Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal: the Lord knoweth them that are His." And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. If a man therefore purged himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. And that's uh, that's true. What is separated from, and we we study, and so that we can move progressively up this ladder of uh, sanctification and gain knowledge, and we operate in that knowledge that we're gaining. We as believers belong to God now, therefore we ought to live 
for him today and every day the Lord gives us. Finally, the time will come when the Lord shall give a shout and we shall be caught up to meet him, meet the Lord in the air. This will be our final sanctification. We will once and for all be set apart from this world. And so show we ever be with the Lord. And of course, there's scripture I just read there for um, um, about Christ returning. Mm -hmm. and, and that's our blessed hope. We're looking forward to that. That we shall uh, forever be with the Lord. Today's a good day. I mean, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18 says, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. And that's when they say sleep in Jesus, they're meaning the ones who's already passed away. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And from that, let's go ahead and take a quick break, and we're going to continue uh, with right. this definition. Okay. I Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 14th Street Ministries is a listener-supported ministry. Your donations are most appreciated. You can make donations on our website at 14thstreetministries.com. Our goal is to preach the gospel to a lost and dying world. Our message is to lift the believer, teaching sound doctrine by rightly dividing the word of truth. We are a grace ministry. You can reach out to us by calling 314-243-3779 or by contacting us on the web at 14thstreetministries.com or follow our Facebook page. Look for 14th Street Online Bible Study. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with 
with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com and the Voice America Empowerment Channel. listening to the radio program why paul if you'd like to participate in today's program call in to 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 or send an email to michael r mix at 14th street ministries.com now back to why paul and welcome back i'm your host michelle mix i'm your host uh, michael mix and i'm your host danielle law and I'll read just right before we went to break. Uh, you read then, all of, why don't you read all of Thessalonians 4.13? Okay. All right. So I'm going to read Thessalonians 4.13 through 18. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye, not, ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. It's very encouraging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's for those who, yeah, for those who passed away before us, that's okay. very encouraging. And that's our blessed hope. That's what we're looking mm-hmm. for. Yeah. Okay. Um, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 14. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as far as, as from us as that the day of Christ is at hand let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there coming a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition uh, perdition who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called god or that is worshiped so that he, as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. And now ye know that, uh, okay, I'm starting over. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth, already work only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way and then shall that wicked be revealed whom the lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming even him whose coming is after the working of satan 
with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should be, uh, should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe, who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks anyway, always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's saying we're not suffer, we're not going to suffer the wrath of God. We're not going to go through all of that with the Antichrist. That's seven years of tribulation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. Practical points. As a believer, I am a sanctified one. This is why the Bible calls all believers saints. A saint is not someone who has done deeds worth remembering and therefore classified a saint by a certain church, that is. The Bible declares all who have trusted in the blood of Christ to save them to be a saint. In fact, the Corinthians were the least likely people in the, in this, in the world to be called saints. But Paul ever wrote to them, but just the same, he addressed them as saints. They weren't, they weren't judged, they weren't uh, uh, saints because of what they did or whatever, they were saints because of who they were in Christ. Mm-hmm. Okay, and in uh, 1 Corinthians 1-2, says, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. God could do this because according to 1 Corinthians 6, 11, Jesus Christ sanctified them, which says, and such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. It's all Christ. Everything points to Christ. Whatever we are, it points to Christ. Our salvation, whatever, is in Christ. Nothing that we do. As a matter of fact, we're, it's set, we're not to do anything as far as salvation is concerned. We are saved. Man loves to judge. Many think they can tell who is a Christian and who is not. That's just what we talked about a little little while ago. Mm -hmm. But if they were to see people living like the Corinthians, they would certainly say they're not saved, yet Paul knew better. And, of course, we've experienced all that. We say, oh, that person Mm -hmm. must not be saved because of what they're doing. Yeah. Don't get caught up in that. And don't judge your salvation on the basis either on that basis either. Christians can get caught up 
into sin just like anyone else because we have a sin nature. The difference is that as a Christian, we ought to know better. And of course, we should know better if we study the Word of God. The answer for the people of Corinth was in the book of 1 Corinthians. They were to read it and obey it. That is the answer for, for other disobedient Christians as well. God knows how to use his word in the lives of a believer. The word of God is the source of power for us today. Second Timothy three sixteen through 17 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, perfect, th- uh, thoroughly furnished, Unto all good works. And perfect means mature. God wants us to be mature in the work mm-hmm. and be mature in our walk. Mm-hmm. So he's not saying we're perfectly doing the works. Yeah, he, he wants you to be mature. He don't want you to be going around like little children. Mm-hmm. And he wants you to have this uh, progressive sanctification is we study the word of God, rightly dividing it, getting sound doctrine, and as we as we go through this life, we put that sound doctrine into ourselves and we walk to what we have learned and what we know, and we progress to that final sanctification. But as we walk through life, we're to progress upward, and that's progressive sanctification. Mm-hmm. If you want to be a vessel of honor, fruit for the Lord's use, and prepared unto every good work, you know what you need to do. Read the Bible. Yeah, read the Bible. (laughs) Rightly dividing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So how do you know if you don't? Right. Uh, That's where you find your answers. So speaking of answers, um, so we do have, let's go over some questions that that we might have. All right. Everyone knows there's six basic questions to ask if you want to learn something. Who, what, when, where, how, and why? Here then our life's most here is the life's our life's most important questions and God's answer to those questions. And you want to ask the questions, Michelle, or is that Daniel? Yeah. First question, when? When shall I come and appear before God? Psalm 42, 2. Um, my soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And the answer is in Hebrews 9.27. And as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. Okay. And the so that was the when. So the why. Yet am I also judged as a sinner? So in Romans 3, 7 says, For if the truth of God hath more abounded through my lie unto his glory, why yet am I also judged as a sinner? And the answer is in Romans 3, 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Where? Where shall the ungodly and the sinners appear? 1 Peter 4, 18. That's the question, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, this is my okay. question. So, um, 
And if the righteousness scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Okay, the, uh, that's a good question. Uh, Revelation's answer is Revelations 21.8. But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So now you know where you're going to be. <laughs> That's the where. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, next one is who, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? So I have Romans seven twenty four. That's the question. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? And the answer is in Second Timothy one ten, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And what is the gospel? Death, burial, resurrection. That's very simple, isn't it? Mm-hmm. How? How say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? Second Timothy 1.10 says, but That's the question. Yep, this is the question. But is now made manifested by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And the answer is first Corinthians 15, 3 through 4. This is a simple gospel. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. This is Paul receiving it from the risen Christ, this revelation. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's where we, that's called uh, the gospel. Okay. And the next question, who? Who then can be saved? Uh, according to Luke 18.26. That's a question. And they that heard it said, who then can be saved? And the answer is in Romans 10.13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is so simple. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. How? How then can man be justified with God? The question, Job 25.4. How then can man be justified with God, or how can he be clean that is born of a woman? And the answer is in five Romans 5, 8 through 9, But God commendeth his love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. And that's what we were talking about a little later earlier we want to be saved we're saved from the wrath of god okay and and we're um, getting ready to close so in just a quick closing what is the gospel Gospel death burial and resurrection that's right we believe that jesus christ is son of god he died for our sins he shed his blood to cover our to wash our sins away he was buried and he rose again the third day and if we believe that in our hearts we become a new creation in christ And that's all we have to do. Thank you for joining us this week, and we will see you back here next week.
have been listening to Why Paul. Visit us on the web at 14thstreetministries.com. And please join Michael R. Mix, Michelle Mix, David Reed, and Pamela Lampton again next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for more thoughts and wisdom. Also, be sure to tell everyone about our program. Yay!